Let's go! <laughs> I don't know. Was that was that a thing? Are, are, we, are, we, are we live? Yeah, that was a real countdown, my friend. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if that was or not, but you know what? That just made it into the intro. That's how we're going to do it. <laughs> so, but no, um, let's uh, not waste any more time with this Jiva Jabba and start the show. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Byron Reed. We are part of the Joystick Entertainment Network and alongside me is my co-host... Ken Russi. Had to throw everything sort of in there all at one time. Sort of yeah. forgot about there, well, there, at the, there at the beginning. Well, I was just going to say that I think you set an Olympic world record there because that's the quickest we've ever opened the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. The R&R podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know um, how I'm feeling about the cold, the cold openings anymore. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll talk about it later on. But um, no, you, you we want, have. Wait, you want us to have someone come up and warm us up, like have a pre-act to our act? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I don't know, but uh, no, we've we, we've got a we've got a schedule, yeah. got a little schedule for for tonight, a little schedule. You know, we're gonna talk about um, games made us cry, yeah. and uh, then we're gonna go into our new segment as always, and yeah. the community segment, which again, as always. So it's business as usual oh. here on the show. <laughs> well, I thought you had something more than as always. And so much more. <laughs> yeah. No. I, <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess I'll chime in here. But, uh, no, we, we figured that since we was showing some love, uh, sometimes there's love loss and there's heartbreak. And so we needed to pay homage with our last episode in February. That's right. Yeah, this is the last one for February. Look at that. Aha. <laughs> yep. I'm not keeping track of the days. They're all blending together. Yep. At least for me, I don't know about you, but doing that for me. Well, I'm I'm not streaming every day, but yeah. I'm not streaming every day either, friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every other day. Yeah. Try and do anyway. But no, um, let's jump into the games that made us cry. All right, you first. Okay, fine. <laughs> Uh, my first game on my list is The Walking Dead Season 1. Touched on it last week. We talked oh, about yeah. our uh, black characters in games. Yep. But yeah. Spoilers. Walking... Spoilers. <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert incoming, yes. So now I can freely talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you were there last is... week. Yeah, this whole thing is going to be spoilers. So I would just skip ahead 30 minutes if you don't want to be spoiled for any of the following games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Thank you. Good uh good disclaimer there. Probably put something in the uh in the video version of the podcast as well for those watching on YouTube. Uh, I'm lazy, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean you don't have to do it, I'm just saying. 
<clears throat> no, I probably will because we'll uh, we'll probably try and tie the the bits like that moment. We'll try and put that moment in so people can cry with us while we're talking about it. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So for the Walking Dead season one, the moment in particular that made me cry was at the very end of the last episode of season one, mm. where you know Lee's been bit, and this this happened in the episode prior. And you know something's gonna happen. If after that, after that episode, you know it's not gonna end well for anybody. So Lee basically sacrifices himself to save uh, Clem, and that moment is just—it's so—it's well—it's so heart wrenching. Not really. only does he sacrifice himself, but he's. Uh, he asks her to kill him so that he doesn't turn into a zombie. Yeah. To to finish him off. And that's probably the the heartbreaking part is because you know how much Clem loves Lee and how much yep. she doesn't want him to go. Yep. And so that's that's what gets you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the it's... whole time she's just, Lee, you know, don't go, Lee. And... All yeah. that other stuff that you that you would hear at that moment in time. Yeah, it's beautiful voice acting too. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can't give him enough credit. Uh, I'll be honest uh, with that. Yeah, I really can't. I mean, it's just, oh man, I, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. This is probably <laughs> gonna be a really emotional episode for us. I know. So. <laughs> if our if our voices crack, it's because we're going through puberty, not because we're crying. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that, not the other thing. Uh huh. But <laughs> yeah. no, it's just. Oh man, I can't. I can't, bro. <laughs> it's uh, so emotional. The, the music with it too, and you know, you can hear the zombies sort of just, you know, finding their way in. So you you don't have a lot of time to yes, you don't have a lot of time to really you know decide what you want to do. Right. But yeah, that was the first one on my list. Alright, so I'm going to go with the first one on my list. And you're going to be surprised because it's uh, Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. I am surprised. just yeah. But that's just because I've never played a Professor Layton game before. So Yeah, so this, this was the last game um, in the original trilogy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because they made uh, uh, three games, and then they, that was supposed to be it. That was gonna be done, and they were like, "Man, we love Professor Layton so much. Let's make three more games." <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, "That's supposed to be it." Um, and those are supposed to be prequels set before the original three games. And then they love Professor Layton so much they decided that they were gonna make three games, but this would be based off of her daughter. Or his daughter, not her daughter, his daughter. Hmm. And we only got one game in that trilogy oh. so far. <clears throat> but uh, no, I was uh, I was looking this up, and there's an article um, from a website called WeGotThisCovered.com, and they did such a perfect job of describing this um, that I'm just going to read what they wrote rather than try and put into words my own stuff. <laughs> um just because they did such a perfect job describing Fair it. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> here we go. 
Leighton and his assistant Luke have saved the day once again, and along with the way... Wait. Let's start over. (laughs) (laughs) Leighton and his assistant Luke have saved the day once again, and along the way encountered and indeed been helped by Celeste, a woman who happens to be the younger sister of Leighton's old girlfriend, Claire, who lost her life in an explosion while attempting to test a time machine prototype. After the main story is wrapped up, the big shocker is dropped. Not only did Claire not have a younger sister, but Celeste has been Claire this whole time. Right before the explosion, the time machine did in fact work, transporting Claire a decade into the future. This might sound like a setup for a happy ending, one in which Leighton is reunited with his long-lost love, but that is not the case. As a former colleague of Claire's explains, Telltale signs pop up that Claire's body is automatically attempting to return to the past at the moment before her death in the prototype's explosion. There ends up only being enough time for Leighton and Claire to have a final farewell before she departs for good. So, yeah. (laughs) I know. And it it makes, like, the whole scene... uh, is really bad. And what makes it worse is uh, Leighton starts crying. <laughs> oh, jeez. And um, it causes you to cry. Yeah, and this is the only time that he actually removes his hat uh, in the whole. Oh series. wow! Yeah, his, his his hat is uh, iconic to the series. Yeah, like he starts to cry, takes off his hat, and um, yeah. So it's <laughs> it's it's really sad. I'm I'm trying to hold it together, man. <laughs> Keep it together, my friend. Yeah. Um, Keep it together. But I've I've said before that I love the Professor Layton series. Um, as far as story goes, this is the best uh, of the whole series. This has the best story. So if you're gonna play a game in the Layton series, this is the one I'd recommend. And it's it's a tearjerker, man. It it gets it's me every time fair enough fair enough i get that i feel that man in my heart (laughs) so the uh second game on my list is life is strange talking about the first one here i haven't played the prequel yet so i don't Mm -hmm. know okay but um it has a few moments in it that made me cry uh, one in particular is the part where you're you're on the roof trying to talk Kate out of jumping. I oh, wow. was so close to saving her, and I didn't. And she jumped and killed herself. Wow. And that was that was really really touching. Well, not not touching, but. Um, it was really emotional for me because you know this this is gonna get into a little bit of personal stuff here, but I'm okay with airing it. Um, I've been in situations like that where I've felt that way. Um, luckily, didn't go through with it, but I can relate. We'll put it that way. Uh, so, and and then you know once that happens, they that was the last thing in the episode before the credit scene rolled 
Mm-hmm. And after that, they showed a bunch of things, just showed a bunch of things, you know, a memorial to Kate from the students, you know, talking about how oh, we'll miss you and candlelight vigils and all that other stuff. And I remember streaming that. I was sitting there on stream. And I broke down, like, on stream. It was, uh, it was, it, it was that bad for me. It was that bad. Wow. Uh, and the second moment in the, in the game that made me cry was the finale of the game, where you basically figure out that Chloe is sort of the reason for why everything is going on. Right. In, in, a, in a way she is. And you, as Max, have to make a choice because there's this storm coming. Right. To that, and it's ba- it's ba- basically going to destroy the uh, the city. And you have to make a choice of whether you save your best friend or sacrifice her to keep the city going. And so the storm is being I, caused by her. Sort of. I don't remember exactly how they explain it, but um, and, but to to me that's that's what that's what I took it as. Okay. Um, it was probably an allegory for something else, but but yeah, that was how I took it. So, you know, I <laughs> made the choice to sacrifice Max's best friend Chloe, and again, like that was really hard to do. I love Chloe, <laughs> but um, you know that that was that was one of those things where you know for the greater good it, it, in in quotation marks because you can't see me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those those two moments in Life is Strange were, uh, like I said, very very emotional and just really heart wrenching to deal with because. The one I can relate to, and the other one was just sort of when you go through the whole game, spending your time with these characters, getting to know them, and then at the end you have to make the big choice. You're just like, no, I don't want to do this. Can we not? Yeah. Is there a way we can save both of them? No. Uh, so playing the playing the prequel when I get when I get around to it is going to be really interesting because I know the fate of these characters. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Well, there's supposed to be that prequel and a sequel, right? <clears throat> um, it, it, it's, just, it's just the prequel. Just the prequel. The prequel is, um, takes place before, before Max came back, to, came back to the town. Right. Which I forget the name of it at, at the moment. Right. I just I remember reading that they're doing this prequel, um, while they work on the sequel is what I thought. Oh, That's they might be. I, I don't know. They might I be. I must have missed that somewhere. <clears throat> yeah. But that was my second game. All right, let's do this. <laughs> All right. We'll go into my second game, which is Final Fantasy VII. Oh man, that's that's the big one for like everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the big one for me anymore, but <laughs> it is. Um, it is a big one. Um, and 
you know, 15, 20 year old game. Uh, you should know what that <laughs> means by now, but I'll explain yeah. it anyways. Um, because about halfway through the game, uh, you have Aerith, you go up to the, I think it's the Shrine of the Ancients. And Aerith is going up to pray. Um, because I forget why now. It's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she goes up to pray and runs off ahead of the group. And so the group, um, you know, chases after her. You have to run after her. And then you uh, go into, like, this cavern. And she's up praying on this kind of pedestal above this water. And she, like, stops praying, looks over, sees you, smiles. And then, bam, right through the sternum, she gets stabbed by Sephiroth. And this is the, for me, it was extremely sad. But it's also the first time that the the character's sacrifice was just that. Like, there was no bringing her back. You know, because I right. played other games uh, like uh, Chrono Trigger where he sacrifices himself and you actually go back in time and replace him with a doll uh, so that he actually lives and it's just the doll that dies. But <clears throat> um, So this was a, a major impact and it's a huge scene. And when he like releases her into the water, like it's just, <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> Of course. Is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Um, and I think I was only, like, <clears throat> 12 years old when I first seen this, so it it was huge. And it, um, it played a huge impact, I think, in my life. Uh, just because I was, I was at a young age, it was, like, it was shocking, uh, sad. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it sounds like you didn't really see it coming. It just sort of happened out of nowhere. So those are the ones that really get you, though. Yeah. Well, it was like, <clears throat> like I said, never happened before. And then you kind of, you know, oh, she's dead. Well, I can bring her back. I got a Phoenix down. Like, why aren't they using Phoenix downs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so... <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, I know that's quick, but that's my second um, sad story. Sad no, you're okay. That made me cry. You're good. On to my third game on the list. I'm looking at the title, and I realize that I probably could have picked both one and three, or really all the games in the trilogy. But okay, I, I, and, and I am going to touch on one as well. But I'm talking about Mass Effect. I'm going to cover one first, and then I'll go to three. So Mass Effect 1, the the moment that made me cry in one was when you had to sacrifice either Caden or Ashley. Granted, both of them, <laughs> as they develop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're okay. I didn't mean to do that. You're okay. I was just so surprised because I had no problem sacrificing uh, either I, one I of was... them. I was I, I was gonna get there. I was gonna get there. I was gonna say that. To say like really, really, um, both of them are not the best of crewmates right. in a way. Yeah. I think Ashley, Ashley develops more than Caden does. Yeah. yeah, Ashley's a xenophobe, and Caden's just kind of 
there. Well, isn't he? But, no, I could um, be wrong, but isn't he homosexual? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, he is. That, yeah, that but, had no effect on whether or not you should sacrifice him or not. No, no I just no, thought no, that no, was his his shouldn't. character trait. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, but no, like you know, I think personally, I think Ashley develops better as a character than Caden does if you keep him around. Um, but the, the the first time playing it for me that caught me off guard. I wasn't ready to have to make that choice. Like, what do you mean? I can't know. I can't see them both. Mm. Well, one of you's gotta die. I'm sorry. But the the, the scene that it happens, it, it's the everything else around it is what made was what made that scene made that moment hit for me. And going on to Mass Effect Three now, there's a lot going on in that game. There's so much. Because the stakes are high, the Reapers have invaded, and it's a war against the Reapers at this point. Mm -hmm. You have to make a lot of choices in that game, and these will decide what's going to happen in that final battle to retake Earth. Right. Um, a few of these decisions include uh, Morden, Dr. Dr. Morden Solis, for example. There's a mission you have to go on to Tachanka. And you have the option of um, letting Morden, I think Morden sacrifice himself to, uh, to, uh, it, to if, if you stop him mm -hmm. from, if you try to stop him from uh, keeping the, or from letting the virus, um, letting the Krogan genophage uh, stay on the planet, uh -huh. or cure it basically, um, you know. He goes and does it himself, or Rex does it. Rex kills him for wanting to keep it around or whatever. Uh, it's been so long that I honestly don't remember all of it. But there's that. There is the the tally thing with her and the Geth, and that and that loyalty mission, that whole thing, because you know there's a choice between uh, keeping the Geth uh, as uh, basically, like slaves to the Quarians, um, or you know, letting them continue to grow and do their own thing, and hopefully find peace with the Quarians. Um, there's just there's there's so many moments in that game for me that were again emotional, and again, you spend all this time with these characters over the course of three games, you know, and you some some of them too, if you're Morden. Uh, but still, you know, you get to know them and you connect with them in, in a lot of ways. So for me, those are some, uh, not highlights, but key moments that were emotional for me in Mass Effect 3. or just the trilogy in general. I still stand by the fact that that's my favorite uh, game trilogy of the last, uh, I guess, 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy, but yeah. And then, when you realized how bad Mass Effect Andromeda was, that made you cry too. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. I mean, and, and there there was some heartfelt moments in that game for me. Uh, but yeah, it just th those were more happy happy moments and sad moments for me in in Andromeda. But we're not talking about those. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. 
I assume you're done about talking about Matt's effect. Yes, I am. All right. I just wanted to make sure before I interjected. Yep. Um, because the last game on my list uh, is actually Final Fantasy 15. Ooh. And so this is probably the newest game on the list, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, it's still a year and a half old. So if you haven't played it, uh, skip ahead because this. I've is... played it. I've played it. Haven't beaten it yet, but. Yep. Here comes the spoilers, my friend. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's here's what happens. Um, you are making your way to <clears throat> uh, Watertown, which is what I call it because I can't remember the name. Watertown. All the names are weird. I think it's like Altissia or whatever, but. Oh, yeah. Um, Altissia? That's what it's called. Yeah. Whatever. Watertown. <laughs> Much easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you go to the Watertown. Uh, to try and get the covenant with Leviathan, and Luna Freya, who you've been chasing the entire game, um, is finally there, and you kind of get to see her um, when she's addressing a crowd. But she immediately goes to uh, <clears throat> bringing Leviathan out and setting up the doctrine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, as you start to fight Leviathan to prove your worth. Uh, to this beast um, and get his power or her power I guess I should say be politically correct here <laughs> to get her power you get knocked down um, during the stage on the ground and then you look up um, to see Luna Freya who gets stabbed with a dagger by the Chancellor Alden and she falls and starts bleeding out and you're you're like wait what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and um you end up kind of becoming like uh, super saiyan almost right uh, because at this point you end up becoming super powerful you have all of the swords of the nine i think they're called uh swimming around you and you take out leviathan and you land uh, next to Luna Freya, uh, all um, worn out. <clears throat> and she performs kind of a, a simple ceremony. And then you see Leviathan like come down to chomp both of you, and it goes to black. And then uh, it goes back to the past, kind of, and she's talking to you, and you're talking about how the two of them are talking together about how they just wanted to see each other and that that was all they really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then Luna Freya ends up like morphing to an adult and saying that she'll always be around him. And no matter what, you know, he, all he has to do is look off to the distance and that's where she'll be. Mm -hmm. And she uh, gives him the ring of his father and he starts crying, so that makes it <laughs> really emotional there. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next scene, you wake up and you're in, um, you're in bed, and there's your uh, friend Ignis, and it turns out he got blinded in the last battle, so he's completely blind now. <clears throat> um. And I gotta finish this game. Yeah, and you have to deal with uh, Luna Freya 
uh, dead. They haven't found her body, but uh, they presume she's dead because she got stabbed and she got warped around in the water. And if that's not bad enough, if that doesn't... Oh, there's more? Yeah. If that doesn't make you cry right before the ending, or actually after the ending, um, you find out that in order for the world to be saved and to get rid of the darkness and take care of the bad guy, um, Noctis has to sacrifice himself uh, to the kings of the past. Jeez. And the scene that gets you is that uh, right before the final battle, they're camping out. The four uh, guys are camping out. And Noctis has to tell them what's going to happen <laughs> and <laughs> I'm getting emotional on that but um, he has to tell them pretty much that he has to give up his life for everyone else to live and it's it's just as emotional as the, uh, the Luna Freya scene and I, that pretty much that whole game because uh, we were messaging uh, back and forth and I was pretty much sending you crying emojis because that's, yeah. that was my whole demeanor <laughs> like that whole game I I finished the game in like uh, eight hours I think it was because uh, I was near the end and I finished it up and all that happened within that eight hour time span and like I was I was inconsolable for the rest of the day Jeez. so it's yeah, it's very emotional. It's it's so good. Um, you know, there's a reason why it got the number one game uh, for 2016 from me. Um, it's oh, so good. <laughs> Fair. But, Fair enough. Yeah, you should check it out. Um, and then once you finish it, we can play the multiplayer expansion. Yeah, I um I need to actually fi- uh play more of the game. I'll get see. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. I'll be honest. Here's my problem. It, and it's not really a quote unquote problem. There's a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I want like I've been doing a lot of the side quests and stuff. But right. um, you know, I, was... I kind of I'm I'm because I'm at the part where I have to go to. Autistic for the first time to go meet with uh, uh, big dude's uh, sister or whatever, Gl- Gladio, Gladius. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's where I am. I haven't Iris. even. Yeah. I have. Uh, huh. Her name is Iris. Yeah. Iris. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I haven't even gone to the city yet because I'm still doing other stuff. And they're like, we should probably go to Altissa. I'm like, no. <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still I'm still doing other stuff while while ignoring the main story. I probably should just you know do it until I get to a point where I feel like I need to level up more. Yeah, well, because I don't remember what level I am at the moment. I'm level like twenty something or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, here's what I can tell you though. <clears throat> um, there's so much stuff you can do that you'll never beat the game if you try and do all that first. Like, I had to, what I had to do was, I said, there's all this stuff to do, but you know what? I'm just going to push through. I'm going to beat the game. Because I had probably 10, 15 uh, side quests that I could have done and done. Yeah. But one of the side quests I got 
was like for a level 99 it recommended i was level 99 to go yeah. defeat this monster and i'm like dude that's like end game stuff <laughs> yeah I ain't gonna do that. I'll go uh, finish the game then. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I. That's what I ended up uh, doing. So. Yeah, and, and see, part of my problem though is I have quests that are that are uh, around my level, or you know, things that are lower than my level, and I want to do them just to get them out of the way because I don't like seeing the. I don't like seeing those notifications that I have them. So I want to do them and finish them, but I'm picking up more side quests as I go along, and I'm never going to actually progress in the story if I don't just do it. But I enjoy that. I enjoy that game very much. Yeah. When I first, I think, I was talking to you when I first picked it up because it was on sale. And I was like, bruh, this game's going to be fire. And I knew it immediately because they were playing Stand By Me in the in the, in the the beginning when you're pushing yeah. the car or whatever. I was like, bruh, this is going to be amazing. I can feel yeah. it. Yep. And, you know, I actually picked up the, because uh, I have the physical steelbook edition. Nice. Um, but I decided to pick up the uh, digital edition because it was on sale for $30. And the season pass, which gives you episode Gladys, Ignis, and um, uh, Pompto. Uh, yeah. It gives you all that plus the multiplayer expansion, which is normally $25. And I said, you know what? For an extra five dollars, I might as well just get the digital version, and then I don't have to keep putting in the disc to play it. Right, that makes sense. Mm. Who's your favorite? Um, who's your favorite? Uh, your favorite boy. We'll put it that way. My favorite boy. Yes, in in the um, game, who's who's your favorite? Because um, you because you you played more more than I have, obviously. So yeah, honestly, like they kind of complement each other. So mm-hmm. um. It's kind of like uh, that song from Married with Children. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. But um, uh, I like Noctis's hairstyle. So I'll give him the, the, the brownie points just because I like his hair. Fair enough. Personally, I like I like Prompto because he's really energetic and he just likes to have fun. <clears throat> right. And he You'll looks see like the pictures, huh? <laughs> but, No. He looks uh, like Cloud. Yeah, he looks like Cloud. He's got the Cloud okay. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can no. see it. Yeah. No. Um, uh, I'll be honest, though. My favorite character, I think her name is Ar- Arlene. Arlene? She looks like a freaking dragoon. She's like a dragoon character. Shrugging and, over here because I don't know. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll meet her eventually. Um... Because she's she's a bad lady, uh, but she's my favorite. By the way, the by the way, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm probably gonna forget what you said about the spoiler like tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So because, good for me. Because then you'll be shocked and you'll remember, and then you'll send me crying emojis, and I'll be like, "You just beat Final Fantasy 15, didn't you?" And you'll be like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to finish my backlog, finish some of these backlog games, man. I got Deus Ex, Dishonored, Final Fantasy. That's uh, three off the top of my head. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, those are the games <laughs> that uh, made us cry the most. Yes, those are the games that made us cry the most. Thank you very much for segueing out of that. And now, guess what time it is? News time? News time, children.
How about what? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. I will start that there is a Sonic the Hedgehog movie set to premiere uh, in late 2019. So, hot off the hills of Nintendo announcing that there will be a Mario movie being made. Paramount Pictures has announced that they will debut a Sonic the Hedgehog movie on November 15th, 2019. Hmm... So uh, it says here that Sega has been working to bring its poster child to the big screen for a few now for uh, for a few years now. In 2014, the Hollywood Reporter said Sony Pictures Entertainment had signed on to produce the film with the help of the Japanese animation film Marza Animation Planet. It says that Marza is still involved with the project that will feature both live action and CG animation elements. Although, at some point, it seems Paramount replaced Sony as a co-producer. That's it. Hmm. Oh, okay, okay. I, I wasn't sure if you were finished or not. I didn't want to cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait for a minute to make sure, but no. There's a Sonic the... movie being made. And then once That's... the Mario movie's done, they'll have uh, Sonic versus Mario at the movies or something. <laughs> That's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. because the Sonic games uh, haven't been good for a while. I, I don't I don't uh, know what the latest Sonic is. I don't remember if, it, if it's any good from what people are saying. Right. I haven't played it, so I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it. But um, the uh, Mario, on the other hand, Mario Odyssey, I haven't played either, but it's getting a very positive reception. Mm-hmm. So. I'm hoping the Sonic movie is good. I want it to be good. I want video game movies to be good in general, but you know, that can't happen. Yep. Ever. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> or the other way around sometimes, depending on how you look at it. Alright, so what's your first news story? <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. I was gonna keep going with that for a minute, but no. My first news story is that Soul Calibur 6 has revealed two characters that are both returning to the series. Ivy and Zasalamel are Zaz-Salamel. returning. Zasalamel! <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I was typing it up, and I was like, what is that name? Because I couldn't figure it out, and I watched the trailer, and the guy said his name. I was like, okay, cool. So I had to write it in phonetics over here to actually understand it. <laughs> and for those that yeah. don't know, um, I do... I do sports commentary for 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 you know for a local community community college in the area, mm-hmm. and names are sort of a thing. So, you know, getting the phonetics for names is very important. Make sure you're pronouncing it right. So I had to do that for this one because it was like I was like za za laudic. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So any, anyway, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like I said, they're both returning and they got gameplay trailers showcasing them. Ivy is wielding her signature Ivy Blade, which doubles as a sword and a, and a, a barbed whip. If, you've, if you're familiar with Soul Calibur and, and Ivy, she's one of the more iconic characters of the, of the series. So right. you'll know right away. Uh, gameplay shows that she still has some very big combo opportunities, and her weapon makes her really good at controlling space and zoning people out. So that's, again, like, that's... And Ivy's always, always has been one of my favorites to play because of 
that that she can zone people and keep them at a distance. She also has a ethereal bow and arrow now, which you'll see in the gameplay trailer if you go check it out. Uh, Zasolamel, on the other hand, uh, he and his scythe are still deadly at close to medium range. And uh, these characters add to the returning list uh, along with Keelik, Zenghua, and Nightmare. I may have butchered the second name, but oh well. Um, they also, in the article here, have a brief bi uh, biography on the characters. I'm going to read Ivy's really quick. Ivy's father was driven mad and finally died while researching the history of Soul Edge with her mother following not long, not long after. Since then, she thirsts for revenge and wants to destroy the cursed sword that took the lives of her parents, using her alchemy skills to craft a weapon tailored to her needs. She combines Western European sword with Eastern European whip techniques, making her attacks graceful and absolutely deadly at the same time. And the same deal for Zasalamel. There's also a biography on him. Zasalamel was born into a clan called Guardians of the Spirit Sword, charged with protecting the legendary sword Soul Calibur and Soul Edge. While he was exiled from the clan for breaking their sacred laws, Zasalamel nonetheless managed to discover the secret of reincarnation, making him a mighty magician and dangerous foe. Soul Calibur has always been one of my favorite fighting games, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what other characters will return and what new characters they add to to this game. Yeah, I gotta admit, my favorite part of every Soul Calibur game is the narrator that talks before the battle. Yeah. Like, that's always been my favorite part. Screw the battle, just keep the narrator talking. <laughs> it, 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 it gives it that epic feel, though, like, like this is important, you know? Yeah. He has, has some, some something epic to say before about it that makes it feel really important. And even even like even the battles in the uh, in the just the little you know arcade 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 mode or whatever mm -hmm. you know even those feel important because you know there there are games where the story mode is important but the arcade mode not so much if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But because of the narrator and everything that it's a big bombastic thing, it makes it feel important. Right, because all like, it was an epic struggle for two fighters who were caught in the ring, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right, right, something like that, and, and it feels like everything is life or death. Mm. Oh, it whereas, is. yeah, it yeah, is whereas most most games in the arcade, it's like hey, it's all right, I'll get back up, it's okay, it's fine. <laughs> yep. At, at least, at least, at least that's that's how I feel personally. <clears throat> yes, sir. So, <laughs> moving along. If you're done. Yes. Yep. Um, Bandai Namco has announced that they will be releasing a Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm trilogy featuring Ultra Ultimate Ninja Storm 1, 2, and 3 for the Nintendo Switch. Ooh. That's um, nice. Yeah, they released it, I believe, in Famatsu. And that's what you're looking at is the Famatsu page where they reveal that they're uh, releasing all three games as a trilogy, um, which makes me wonder if they're, if it's going to be three carts for one game, uh, or if there's going to be like one cart and then you got to download the other two games. Because uh, I noticed that that's what some other games are doing for the Switch, like um, the the Mega Man uh, combo uh, game that they're having, where you can get the Legacy Collection one and two. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the first game is going to be on the cart. The first, I guess, six games, and then the other three games, the sequel, is a download code that you download. Okay, I mean that that will make sense because I don't I don't know how the switch, um, you know, has I don't know how the how the switch would handle something like that. Does that make sense? Well, those, I don't know if it could really. You know what I mean? Those little cards hold. Um, like 32, 64 gigabytes, and they're supposed to be releasing a larger card, but it's it's uh, been put on hold for a little bit. But okay. they're they're huge uh, storage on those Switch cards because they're little cards. They look like SD cards, like fat yeah. SD cards, and apparently they taste terrible. So never taste one. <laughs> yeah, why? Well, <laughs> they do it on purpose so that kids don't stick it in their mouth and chew it they put it in their mouth and go gross Supposedly, yeah i get them that's yeah. why they make it taste really bad i mean shouldn't be eating them all yeah it, 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 <laughs> it's not, it's not for it's not for me if you're a two-year-old and you're like oh i found yes. something because that's how they learn exactly yeah. that's how they learn all right yep. and it's nasty but uh yeah that's uh all i gotta say keep track of that I actually just picked up the uh, Road to Berudo Ultimate Ninja Storm 3 uh, update. But uh, Oh, cool. How are, you, how are you liking that? Have you played it yet? Heck no. Do I look like somebody that has time to play games? What <laughs> <laughs> too busy talking about them to play them. Uh, exactly. <laughs> too busy crying over them to play them. Yeah. Need a whole we day just to games. recover. We just, we just talk about games. That's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So my uh, second news bit, I, I kind of want to keep this one short, but we'll see what happens. Uh, tax levies proposed for M-rated games. A Ro- the Rhode Island representative Robert Nardoli, yeah, I knew I was gonna mess it up. Nardoli, Nardolilo. That's how it looks to me. Nardolilo. Uh, oh, I don't see how it's spelled. Yeah, it's N A R D O L I L L O. Nardolillo. Uh anyway, he has proposed a tax raise on M rated games to fund mental health provisions in schools. The tax on the tax on these games would go up to ten percent or higher, and this is in response to Trump's tweets about violent video games and films' abilities to quote, shape young people's thoughts and minds. This brings up a whole other discussion, which we sort of talked about early on in our uh, in our in our podcasting uh, time doing the show. It sort of links back to the uh, can video games cause violence and all the other stuff. Uh, right. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but yeah. I guess what I I guess what I did want to talk about though would be you know this ten percent. Uh, tax raise on just these M-rated games in particular. That's the part that right. interests me. Right, because it's it's not just let's outlaw them, it's let's tax them so that people have to pay a buttload to get them, like they did with mm-hmm. alcohol and cigarettes. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, as, as a gamer, that might deter me a little bit. A little bit. But just like with uh, cigarettes or alcohol, you know, if you want it badly enough, 
you'll pay the additional price to get it more times than exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't believe for a second that it's what causes them. If anything, it's you know, these games are digital worlds. They don't look realistic. You know, you, when you look at a game, like nine times out of ten, you know that that's a game. Like, there are those rare occasions where it's like, wow, that looks really uh, real. Or if you're just, right. like, kind of glancing at it, if you don't actually pay attention, you're, like, glancing, you're like, oh, wow, that looks super realistic. Or we can even go into Final Fantasy fifteen when you're cooking those mills. Like, every time they put a mill on the table, I'm like, how did they make that look so freaking real? Like, that looks right. like a real dish. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. for the most part, uh, your brain knows that this is fantasy. It's not reality. Right. Exactly. If, if anything, shows, though, um, and I don't know if I want to drag it through the mud, but like Game of Thrones, where people are murdering people and children and other stuff, I feel like that's more of an issue than video games are. Because that's, you're literally seeing somebody who's real doing something that looks real yes you know so no, I, I get it movies are more of an issue to me than video games uh, are ever will so that's that's really all i wanted to to i guess state i don't i don't want to spend too much time on this cause no yeah 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 i don't i don't want to either i just thought that it was something that was interesting and it was out of the norm for what i usually do with my industry, because I like I personally like to just focus on games and what's going on with with games, mm. you know, you know, in particular. But this sort of piqued my interest, and I was like, hmm, this could be something good to talk about and get a quick discussion out of, and possibly get a discussion going in the comments about yeah. anything in particular. Yeah, all or you know, tweet, tweet, tweet at me. We'll get there. Yeah, all it will do is is get taxpayers to pay more money. It won't stop. Uh, game companies from making them and it won't stop people from buying them that's all it is is a way of the government to get more money yeah and depending on who you talk to you don't want to pay those extra additional taxes for things but anyway this isn't a this isn't a political podcast it's a game podcast <laughs> no. you just have to ask though uh, anyone that uh, smokes cigarettes ask them if they mind paying the extra amount they probably don't even know the like 50 60 uh, percent of the money they pay for a pack of cigarettes is actually taxes right probably they probably don't probably. even know that but anyways uh, i will uh, take it from here my good man <laughs> yes please do yes i will and the last thing that i'm going to talk about just happens to be final fantasy 15 ah. <laughs> Woo. We've come full circle. Yes, we have. So, um, they've released the Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition, which I hear is a really great way to convey the game in a super deformed, uh, cutesy kind of way. And they plan on releasing uh, the Windows Edition next month for computers. But according to uh, some guys at Square Enix, they actually plan... On working on four new episodes that will be released uh, through 2019 with a final goal of completing the Final Fantasy 15 universe. Oh. Mm hmm. Okay. 
And so some highlights from uh, what they said with an interview with 4Gamer. Uh, it says, according to a user survey, the satisfactory rating of Final Fantasy XV's general scenario was 62.4%. When asked if that means we can expect to see even more satisfactory content for the DLC that is expected to be released in 2018, director Hajime Tabata said that they won't be able to fit it all into 2018. The reason for this is because he felt it was necessary to secure the appropriate amount of development time without having to focus on releasing it all within 2018. Tabata said that at first the plan was to have everything done by 2018, but in order to face the satisfied 62.4% and wrap up Final Fantasy XV, they need more time to do so without being restricted with a 2018 window. <clears throat> Drinking game. Every time I say 2018 or Final Fantasy, take a shot. <laughs> uh, episode Ignis Out of water. Yeah. Takeshi Tirada added that the next set of DLC is being developed with the completion of the Final Fantasy 15 universe, the main game and the related works in mind. That said, Square Enix is working on the new DLC episodes as an additional series rather than additional content. More details of that they will share on later. So, there's a lot more stuff um, that uh, they also revealed in Famitsu, but eh, it's not really all that interesting, to be honest. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, but that's, that's it. We're going to get more Final Fantasy 15 all the way through... 2019. I mean, sounds good to me. Still gotta <laughs> finish the game first. I probably won't finish it till like 2025. <laughs> <laughs> That'll explain why you forget about the spoilers I did today. Yes, exactly. But, um, so that, I, I mean, I'm hoping we get some more Final Fantasy today. I'd be cool. I'm all for it. I didn't watch the, uh, the Kingsglaive thing or whatever it was. The uh, tie-in to the thing. That movie's good. Yeah, because there was a tie-in yep. to before the act, before the events of the game itself, and I didn't watch it, but... <laughs> yeah. No, it's... It, it really does... What it does is it sets the story, so mm -hmm. you know what's happening before and kind of during the beginning. Like, when you hear on the radio that uh, Insomnia is being attacked... It tells that story. Gotcha. So if you want to know what's happening uh, during that, you really need to watch it and how characters got out. And I found out that one of the characters from the Kingsglaive movie, he's actually one of the characters you talk to in uh, the multiplayer expansion. So oh, that's cool. It kind of helps set his character too, so you kind of know what he's all about. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm. I'm all for it. Yep. So... Wrapping up here with my final piece of news, mm -hmm. the 21st Annual DICE Awards. These awards are voted on by over 30,000 members of the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sci Sciences. And DICE is an acronym, stands for Design, Innovate, Communicate, and, and Entertain. Um, the, awards, the awards wrapped up in Vegas. 
Nintendo kind of struck it big with uh Le- with Legend I... of Zelda Legend of Zelda yeah or Zelda Breath of the Wild rather is what I have in my notes. Sorry, I hate, um, to, uh, <laughs> I hate to bring it up, but I thought the acronym was Dude is Cool Everywhere. Dude is, co- I mean, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Could also work. That could be that could be our acronym. Dudes are cool everywhere. It's us. We're the dudes. Yeah. Wait. Wouldn't that be? Uh... No, no, just one D, dudes, just one D. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you said R. That would be an A, so that would be like Das. Oh, I did. You're right. Oh well, I ruined the whole joke. Oh well. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> All right, sorry, this is what it is, anyway. But yeah, um, Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Cuphead were the big winners. Breath of the Wild won four awards. It won Game of the Year, Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, and Adventure Game of the Year. I think I missed one somewhere. Uh, I think there's only three. Oh, no, no. Game Direction direction, and Game Design. Yes, thank you. Yep, yep, I don't have that part there. Yes, thank you. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn won two, Outstanding Technical Achievement and Outstanding Achievement in Story. Cuphead took home three awards with, oh, and finally, Cuphead took home three awards, Outstanding Achievement in in Original Music Composition, Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction, and Outstanding Achievement in Animation. Cuphead's animation is fantastic. Love it. The art style and animation is just, oh, it's so great. So great. If I ever want to frustrate myself, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll play it sometime. Yeah. But no, I, I I do want to play it at some point though, just because I really want to support that, um, the art style in particular. Right. Which which, which sounds kind of weird supporting a game for the art style, but you you don't get enough games that look like that, you know, games that look like that look like Fortnite, uh, even you know Sunset Overdrive, games that have that wacky, you know, not so serious art style. Yeah. Almost cartoony, if you will. Well, that's because most games uh, people buy are, are grayscale tone colors. They they like yeah. simple basic grays. <laughs> yeah. And I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind them, but, you know, if I'm going to play, you know, PUBG or Fortnite, depending on what I want to play anyway, you know, Right. I'll play Fortnite for the for the colors. It has colors. Like I like colors, bro. Yeah. So me too. Yeah. But I'm just gonna add with those uh, notes that you said, um, because also Nintendo they won a lot with uh, Breath of the Wild, but they also took home ten awards between Breath of the Wild, uh, Mario uh, Kart, uh, I think it was Deluxe Edition, whatever Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And their Fire Emblem. Uh, games so they had <clears throat> 10 awards that they took home and nice. uh pubg also won for outstanding achievement in online gameplay fair fair enough i guess i mean <laughs> well it's the only award it won so it has to win something <laughs> yeah yeah it was something i guess so no I, I mean you know it is what it is Thirty thousand people you know yeah, because they, they, say, they, so, they yeah. don't have a shooter game of the year, so they had to make up outstanding achievement in online gameplay for <laughs> battle, uh, <laughs> Battlegrounds. 
sweeping the nation. Yeah, they had to make up a sweeping, way. sweeping Twitch and everything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, with all that being said, on to the community segment. Community segment. What are your biggest uh, pet peeves, or what, or what, what gets you mad about gaming in particular? Yeah, because starting next week, we'll be into March Madness. And yes, so... March Madness. For those that don't know, it's NCAA college basketball. Big tournament that happens around March. So I wanted to run with the idea of March Madness. And yeah, so that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, so, so let us know what makes you mad in March. Yes, exactly right. And we will give you ours on next week's episode. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, with that. We done? I guess we're done. And we're out of here. Thank you all so much. We are once again a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. Before we get out of here, Ken, round of plugs. Go. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at R&R Gaming Pod. That's R-A-N-D-R Gaming P-O-D. You can also find me on Twitter at Macrobov. That's M-A-C-R-O-B-O-V. And you can find my good friend Byron on Twitter at Braun1417. That's capital B R O N 1417. You can find me on Twitch streaming. Um, I really don't. I don't have a schedule yet, but I'm working on one, sort of tentatively. Anyway, you can find me streaming on Twitch at B underscore Ron1417. That's B underscore Ron1417. And you can find the podcast uh, in other places. We are on iTunes, we're on YouTube, and we're on Castbox. So uh, you can search you can search R and R Gaming Podcast and you'll find it there. Make sure to hit that little bell button on YouTube to be uh, and, and subscribe. That way you'll never miss a, a video when we go live and get notified. Same thing for the YouTube, uh, iTunes and Castbox as well. Get over there, subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes, and leave us a review. It helps us to improve the show. And provide you guys with better, 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 more better quality content. Those are all words that work at the same time. At the same time. There we go. That's what the show's all about. <laughs> yes, give, give us the reviews, and we'll stop stumbling over our words. Yes, we'll learn to slow down more and take our time when we say words. But anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in. Ken, they got to come back next week. Tell them why. Come back next week because everyone could use a little more R and R. Byron's gone. Byron's gone.
something happened and he's totally gone. 